Hey guys, welcome back to the She Realms Wild podcast. My name is Alexandria and this is my show. Before we jump into it today, I just wanted to send out a quick thank you to everyone, whether you are a first-time listener or you've already subscribed, rated, and reviewed the podcast. I just really have appreciated the amount of support that I've gotten from those that I know and a lot of new listeners and new subscribers as well. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for supporting me and for showing your love. This week, I got to sit down with Georgia Broderick from TikTok and Instagram is where we originally met just to speak a little bit more about her journey to van life and the unique situation that she finds herself in in a stationary job up in Canada. We had a great conversation about her passions outside of work how she ended up finding work, and what her plans are for the future in terms of travel and potentially even a cross-Canada trip. I had a ton of fun meeting with her, getting to chat about her experiences, and also sharing some stories, and I hope that you all love it as well. One last note before we jump into it, if you have listened to past episodes or you enjoyed today's show, I would really appreciate it if you gave me a five-star rating and review on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you listen. Ratings are one of the best ways to support small podcasts like mine, and I would really appreciate the feedback. So if you have a minute, I would love to hear from you. All right, let's go meet Georgia. Hi, Georgia. I am so happy to have you here with me today and to get to hear more about your story, your journey to van life, and just honestly about your life in general. Uh, But before we jump into it, I know I did a brief intro at the beginning. I would just love to hear more about who you are, maybe where you're at, um, and anything else that you want to share just off the bat with listeners. Awesome. So I'm originally from Australia, moved to Canada about three years ago. I am a massive rock climber, so I naturally spent a lot of time driving to Squamish from Vancouver, which is like an international climbing destination. After driving like to and from five days a week, I was like, I should probably move up here. And my boyfriend, who I'm still dating and was dating at the time, was living in his van so I just decided to move in with him and yeah save money Squamish is a very expensive place to live so (laughs) it was kind of like the freedom to move around but also save money yeah that makes a ton of sense and I'm definitely not from Canada Um, I lived in Vancouver for a little while and I've done a lot of traveling up in the Squamish area kind of between like Vancouver and Whistler spend a good amount of time up there so it is such a beautiful area and I'm a little bit jealous that you get to be stationed there so good for you for getting out there it's awesome (laughs) I know it's so beautiful especially I mean Australia is a beautiful in a different way but I feel like we don't really have mountains or like giant monoliths or anything. So I like wake up and I'm like, oh, here's the chief. And my mom's like, yeah, we get it. You live in a beautiful place. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I've actually hiked the chief a couple of times. I'm glad you're mentioning something I'm very familiar with. It's so pretty up there, especially (laughs) on a clear day. The view from the top is just insane. And I know the last time I was up there, um, I saw a lot of slack or slack liners or highliners, I guess, um, going between two of the upper peaks and yeah, just so impressed. So that's super cool that you get to spend a lot of time in that area. Feel very lucky. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Like I said, a little bit jealous. You know, I'm, I'm from California and so also beautiful down here, but just a different kind of beauty than BC in general and that area specifically. So, um, and so it sounds like then your journey to van life kind of started when you were either dating your boyfriend or did you meet him while he was already in his van? Yeah. So um, he had bought his van just before we met. And we met because we were both working at a climbing gym in Vancouver. So he'd like started on the insulation when we'd met. About a year into us dating, we decided to move in together. But he was very cautious with his build. He didn't want to commit to anything because he was like, I want to tear it down. So just before I moved in, we kind of built like a prototype bed. But before that, it was like, mattress on the floor like full-on college bachelor pad. oh man and it was so it sounds like it took him a little while to build it out then when you first started dating he had just purchased it and then a year and a half later it was just the insulation and a bed on the floor I mean it took ages to do the insulation because living in BC it's probably one of the most humid places ever <laughs> rains all the time and when it's not raining it's still like humidity so insulation is super important especially for the winter time because you it just gets moldy otherwise 
So, yeah, our first winter together in the van was also a massive learning curve because one person breathing condensation is a big difference to two people breathing condensation. So we're kind of glad we didn't commit to a build because we feel like we wouldn't have found any mold. So we were kind of glad we just did like a little prototype and worked out exactly what we wanted our layout to be before committing to a full build. Yeah, no, that's, I completely understand. And as I mentioned, in California, so much further south, obviously, and a lot drier most times of the year. We've, we're known for our droughts and fires. So kind of the opposite end of the spectrum there. Um, but yeah, I'm going through, I just finished insulating a little while back and I'm trying to decide whether or not I'm going to put a vapor barrier in because of that exact issue with condensation and moisture in the van. Um, and I've heard mixed reviews, so I'm not exactly sure which direction I want to go yet, but um, yeah, it's such an important part of the process and knowing your design, especially with two people, uh, me just being one person, it's a little bit easier, I think, to make some big decisions because I just know what I'm comfortable with. But I can imagine, especially if he's just building it out with like, a new partner in the van with him, that could be that could be a little bit tense. I don't know. How's the build process been for you guys? I would imagine it would be maybe filled with more ups and downs than a standard build if you're in kind of a new relationship too. Um, It was actually pretty okay. I feel like our relationship was one of those ones where you start dating and then you've dated for like six months and you're like, oh man, we've been dating for years. I don't know. <laughs> it was very nice in that sense. But we were lucky because our friends were going to Bishop actually to go climbing. So they were like, can you house it for us? Which meant that we could like take everything out of the van and just like rip it all apart and start over so we had a month of just going really hard (laughs) and then we did a couple of extra things after they left we still had the backsplash to do and the walls and ceiling so we ended up doing that in literally the middle of nowhere (laughs) Well, it's just quite funny, like, seeing everyone's, like, Instagram uh, van life where they're like, oh, just did my whole build from my parents' driveway. Mm -hmm. I can leave all this stuff here. And I was like, oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? (laughs) But that's okay. We had fun. Yeah. No, I definitely feel really grateful. I'm, like I said, in the process of building my van out still and able to build in my parents' driveway. So I am the person (laughs) you're talking about. Um, Yeah. And it's – No, it's a huge privilege though. And like, honestly, it's already like a build is hard enough to do when you do have all of the conveniences of like a covered area and like tool storage and whatnot. So I can only imagine what it must have been like. Uh, Were you just like building in parking lots or like out in the woods? I'm curious what this process was like for you. So we did most of the structure at our friend's house. So we finished off the insulation because we had some problems with our first winter and we learned a lot (laughs) um my biggest tip would be cover all of the metal all of it (laughs) just cover all of it (laughs) and finish the insulation and then we did the bed the kitchen counters the overhead cabinets some more storage and like our countertop so it was kind of like the basic structure and then uh at Cat Lake, which is like woodsy area off the 99. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we did our backsplash. So I have this pretty funny video of me like stirring the grout with a giant stick. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, it was in the middle of nowhere, but we somehow made it work. <laughs> yeah, that's really impressive. And honestly, just I think speaks to your commitment to finishing up. So good for you guys for getting it done. And just yeah, that's honestly like true grit. I know building a van, as I said, in and of itself is already a challenge. It's already a process, especially um, it sounds like you were kind of doing this as a beginner, which I am as well. I have no prior experience. So like, just combining all of that together, you were so impressive. And that's it's, it's exceptional that you were able to get that all done. Yes. I mean, we still have a few bits and pieces. So we kind of, after we'd done all of that and everything was looking pretty nice, we were like, cool, we're done for now. (laughs) So we still have like the doors that we need to do and all those finicky little annoying 
spots like over the side door and over the back doors and we still want to buy a fridge we still want to get like a proper stove but in Canada those things are really hard to come by and very expensive Mm-hmm. and we bought lithium batteries instead so <laughs> yeah it's a trade-off honestly and that's how it's been again with like with my build as well it's okay I'm gonna splurge on this one thing like I got lithium batteries which I was super excited about now I'm like well that's like all of my money so now I don't know where I'm gonna go next but um, I just decided actually recently to not put in a permanent stove I'm gonna go with just a camp stove instead for price and convenience and space um, but yeah, it's really a trade-off and you have to decide like, what's most important to you or what's the most pressing in terms of time. But it sounds like you found a pretty good balance. Yeah. And we have we have one of those camp stoves and we've been using it for like a year and a half. It's just like in the long run, our dream is to have one of these. But again, living in Canada, it's so cold most of the year that we don't need a fridge except for like a couple months in summer so kind of gotten away with it in summer it's like don't buy things that go off and go to the grocery store every like second day yeah I mean again like whatever whatever works for you I'm impressed again honestly that you've been able to make it without a fridge I feel like that's what most people love the most about their van conversions so in the meantime have you just been using like a cooler or just buying non-perishables well I'm vegan so that kind of helps but yeah it's one of those things where you always check Mm -hmm. before you eat something yeah Yeah. it's like quick eat the vegetables before they go bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's no but like having that perspective and being accustomed to it I think we get used to the things that you know we just do over time so it sounds like you figured out a pretty good system and being vegan like you said really helps when you don't have to worry about meat and like dairy and things like you said going off going bad and it's something actually I was vegan for a couple of years and kind of transitioned away from the label vegan because I just was traveling a lot and was, you know, eating a lot of the things that people were feeding me from like their own kitchen. So I was like, okay, like, yeah, like I'll have this piece of fish. I was in Norway and I was like, well, I'm not going to like turn down food, but um, transitioning back to living very minimally and building out my van. I'm like, you know, I think this is just going to make sense. Like I already eat mostly vegan anyways. I should probably just be vegan again for those exact reasons, like food going bad and also worrying about contamination of surfaces and like I'm going to have a butcher block countertop probably. So I'll be cutting right on it most of the time. And um, that's probably my biggest fear with cooking in the van is like having things spoil and go bad and then like the smell and all of that. So good move. I'm not sure if yours was before van life or during van life, but I think being vegan in a van is kind of the way to go. Yeah, no, I've been vegan for a long time, but I also, I feel like, I don't know, we're all a bit intense when we first go vegan and then we kind of grow out of it. So I think it's been like seven years for me. So now I'm like, do whatever you want. I don't care. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, my boyfriend's not vegan. So He will eat vegan a lot of the time, mostly because I cook a lot of the time. But every now and again, he'll buy like a steak or eggs or whatever and just try and cook it as quickly as possible. It's like if he buys steak, he's cooking it when we get home. So I was going to say, yeah, that's like, okay, hamburgers for dinner or something like you're not. Yeah, letting that sit until the next day. So you briefly mentioned that you guys are still together. And I know I've seen a bit on your social media. It doesn't look like you're living in the van together right now. And so I'm curious, is that the case? Are you guys still in the van together? Or is he out traveling or working or doing something different? It seems like you're solo in the van. I am solo in the van at the moment. Um, so he recently got a job in Ontario as a head route setter and coach because I'm a teacher singing piano teacher I have a contract till June feel very adult when I say that (laughs) so he went over because his parents live there so he could kind of just go and live with his mom again and I was like you go ahead see if you like the job because I'm not moving my whole life to somewhere I don't really want to live for that so he moved over nearly three weeks ago he seems to be loving it so far but we'll see And yeah, if he loves it and wants to stay, um, I'm planning on driving across Canada in July. Very exciting. (laughs) Yeah, I I will agree with you. So I have some uh, family out in that area and I've been to both, but definitely BC has a special place in my heart. It's so hard to beat the West Coast of Canada. It's so beautiful and 
Yeah, especially for climbing, I feel like it's probably superior. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yes. This is more of an adult uh, life choice rather than a fun life choice. Unfortunate. It's like, yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of those amazing places where it's so much fun and it's beautiful and it's a great place for now. But I feel like if you want to stay here for a long time, you have to have already kind of worked your life out and then move here. If you're like in your 20s and you're kind of working job to job and kind of figuring out what you're doing, you can't like grow here. So it was a very adult decision that we were like, okay, I guess it's time to get a real job with the salary and health benefits and, you know, do that for a while. All the, all the fun <laughs> stuff that comes with being an adult, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Well, I'm curious then with that. So you're solo for now. It sounds like probably until June, July, you'll be solo till the end of your contract or when you decide to move. How has your experience been both being partnered in a van and coexisting with someone in a space that small and then now as a solo female? I'm curious if you have a preference or if there's things that you've noticed that are super different. Um, I know some of our listeners are also like planning to be solo female, but that doesn't apply to everybody. So it'd be cool to hear the differences that you've noticed. Well, I'm a massive extrovert. So being alone, I've also never lived alone. Like I went from like family to roommates to boyfriend back to roommates to boyfriend so it's like never ever lived like just me alone so the biggest thing for me is like just like whenever you get somewhere and you settle in and you have dinner and whatever and you're just like oh it's just me okay that was the biggest thing I kind of had to get used to but the best thing about being alone is when you clean the van <laughs> it's clean Everything is where you put it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I think the biggest annoyance for me was always like I'd clean the whole van, which you kind of have to do every day living in it, and then I'd come back from work and it would just be a pigsty. And I was like, oh, why? <laughs> I feel like that probably applies maybe not the cleaning frequency, but just the um, coexisting with another human. You know, I've lived with a partner before and it's very different than living by yourself or even just having like your own room or your own space. Because like you said, you can't really control how they live. And it mm. definitely takes some getting used to, especially I would imagine in like 60 square feet or so that is a van. Yeah. <laughs> it's much smaller, gets dirty much faster. Uh, so that's, mm. that's really interesting. And with that too, I know you mentioned like you're getting to your place to park for the night. You've maybe cooked yourself dinner. How do you feel your perspective towards like, safety in the van has been or maybe where you choose to sleep or not? I'm not sure about your situation in Squamish and like how often you park in the same places, but um, I am curious how maybe your attention to detail has changed just in terms of safety by yourself. Not much really, which I don't think my mum is very impressed about that. <laughs> yeah, Squamish is such a safe community. So like we didn't even lock the van at nighttime when it was the two of us. So now I'm locking it and that's probably the only difference I've really made. Yeah, so I have my spots that I'm really comfortable parking in, but otherwise I've just like changed that I lock the van. I feel like all those um all those like solo female safety tips are like oh, I have this whole security system and la 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 and I'm like yep I just lock it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's honestly I'm I'm a little bit jealous. I recently spent gosh, I think I spent like 250 US dollars on a system to like protect my van when I'm not there, but also when I'm there, it's like a panic button and like all these extra features. And where I'm at, I, I live in a fairly safe place, but it's just, I guess, the difference in areas that you're you're able to park in. And I know that a lot of other solo females have said that they carry like a sort of weapon on them or some safety devices that make them feel a lot safer. And I will probably be going like a a middle ground option there. I don't really want to have a ton of weapons in my van. Um, but definitely like a safety, you know, safety system in my van. I got the Simply Safe and just being really mindful of where you're parking and whatnot. So it's cool to hear that you're in such a secure location, really, that you feel comfortable parking and you're just like, yeah, I should lock the doors. Um, I feel like that's a really unique experience. So I'm happy to hear that it does exist. <laughs> it does exist. But yeah, I feel like if I was traveling, around I would definitely be a little bit more conscious about safety but because I've been living here for I don't know a year and a half or so 
and I like know most of the people who live in town and I know a lot of the van lifers who live in town and we all kind of like stick together as a little community yeah but if I was traveling around especially through America I don't know America just scares me (laughs) Yeah, you know, I can't say that I blame you. Um, as somebody, I was, <laughs> I was born and raised in California, uh, which is on the West Coast. For those who don't know, and so for me, I feel pretty comfortable in my local area. But I think just in general, like it's just a more dangerous place to live, which is kind of crazy to say in some ways. But I think that's how the rest of the world views us: is just like, unfortunately, like mass shootings all the time, and break-ins, and all these terrible things happening. Which I don't have much experience living outside of the US. So I'm not sure how common that is outside, but definitely like safety on the road is such a big conversation for those of us living in America, whether, you know, California or otherwise. And so, yeah, I just, again, I'm so happy to hear that that's not as big of a consideration in Squamish, at least. I'm not sure the rest of Canada, but that's cool. I, yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure about the rest of Canada either. <laughs> My tiny little bubble of safety. Yeah. Well, Squamish is a very unique and beautiful place. So yeah, yeah a little bit, again, jealous of that, but super cool. Um, and I know you said, so if you're traveling, you might pay bigger consideration to safety. And I'm curious, outside of this potential cross Canada trip that you have planned, do you have any other travel plans in mind or anything you would like to do or see while you are in the van? Well, talking about America, we have always wanted to go through America and just like go from climbing destination to climbing destination. Dro has done a little bit. Uh, So he's been climbing in like Utah and Smith Rock and Red Rock and places like that. I've only really done the teeniest bit. Like I went to Malibu, which is like not good climbing. It's very average. I would imagine. Yeah. (laughs) I was living in LA at the time and my friends were like, yo, Here's the local crag. And I was like, hmm, cool. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, hopefully when you were down there, you got to go check out like Joshua Tree or something a little bit better. Yeah, we we drove to Joshua Tree, but we didn't climb. But I definitely want to go back there as well. I want to go to Bishop and, oh, God, everywhere. Yeah, I just spent um, part of my like winter in Alabama Hills. It was just in a car, not a van at that point, but such a beautiful place. And there were so many people with their vans just like parked at the base of boulders, just climbing all day. And they would just move their van every couple of days to go climb new projects. And I was like, wow, this is like the dream place to be a climber, honestly, there. And Bishop is only like an hour or so away from that um, yeah. that area. So you should definitely explore. Oh, we it's definitely So beautiful will. and so yeah. cool. Yeah, when COVID is... <laughs> hopefully not a thing. <laughs> That's definitely the plan. Well, I'm really excited for you and to get to explore more. I'm not sure about Canada's climbing destinations outside of BC. I know Squamish is a big hub for it. But yeah, America has so many places and I know you're a skier as well. So similarly, um, big, big mountains and big rocks are kind of our thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was just super unfortunate that like when we started our build was like when everything shut down. Because we probably, I think we started our build maybe like just over a year ago. So it was like, oh, cool. Guess we'll be here for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not a bad thing because Squamish is amazing. But yeah, I do, would love to travel through America with it at some point. Definitely. Yeah, I know. And that's for me too. Like I'm planning on being stationary for a while again, at least until COVID is over, over whenever that happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, that's, you know, it'll come when it comes, but similarly, I've always wanted to kind of exchange and go through Canada. So I'm hopeful that one day that will happen, but probably not any time in the near future. So we'll have to exchange yeah. travel plans and recommendations oh, when that time does come. <laughs> So I know that you've mentioned climbing, you've mentioned skiing, you've also said you're a teacher and all of these things, I'm like swirling them around in my brain. How do you manage to balance all of this? And I guess when you moved into the van, was your priority more traveling and experiencing these you know, outdoor adventures and your hobbies? Or was it to just like save on rent um, or maybe a combination of the two? Because you have this interesting blend of you know being an outdoor lover and wanting to travel, but then also having a pretty stationary job. Very stationary job. (laughs) Yeah, so I teach um, three days a week and then I'm at the climbing gym two days a week, which seems to be this really great balance of hours. I think I only work like 32, 34 hours a week, which is very nice. Luckily, teaching pays me enough that I can not work 40 hours a week, but I also have a really good schedule. So 
um, when I'm teaching, I usually start work at like 2.30 at like the earliest. So I have all morning to do whatever I want. And then I always take my weekend during the week so that I don't have to deal with the weekend warriors. <laughs> so yeah, it. I mean, throughout winter, I was probably going skiing like one day a week, just one of my days off. And then I mean, climbing is one of those things, especially because I'm a boulderer. So like getting in and out, especially in Squamish, like the approach time is five minutes from your car. So you can kind of like do really quick sessions if you need to. And then like if you get called somewhere or whatever, you can be out and back in town in five minutes. So that, I think that's why Squamish is like such an amazing place. It's because you don't have to drive for ages and then hike for ages to get where you want to go you don't have to do like day trips you can do like morning sessions or evening sessions or like especially in summer people who like work nine to five will then climb from like six to ten it's the perfect place for like work-life balance I think totally was that your intent or did you imagine uh, that you'd be here now like kind of having that work-life balance and stationary when you first moved into the van or it sounds like when you bought the van maybe you had bigger travel plans in mind so I'm curious I guess how that adjustment was and if it's changed your experience on van life because I know a lot of people when they see Instagram posts or like you said like they follow these influencers who are traveling all over the place and um, I also am going to be very stationary for a while COVID or not because my job is in one physical location and so again I'm just really interested to hear how that has changed your perception of van life and if you think that I don't know how to say this like has it given you the same feeling that you see on posts or on the internet because so many people want to get into this like glorified version of van life where you're waking up on a beach every morning or you have like these beautiful rocks every morning at your doorstep and that's not always the case sometimes it's like a Walmart parking lot so yeah how has your perception of van life changed from maybe when you first saw the van and you know you first moved in versus now I think we wanted to stay in Squamish for a while anyway just because I mean I was living in Vancouver before I moved into the van so I was just driving back and forth so I wanted to like live here and be able to do that like morning session before work or whatever like I wanted to live that life for a while so it definitely wasn't weird to have to stay in one spot I think after a while we wanted to travel but I mean I guess that's kind of just put on hold at the moment so I'm not disappointed I don't think my idea has changed I also think like I don't know America is pretty similar in the sense wages are not great like coming from Australia I was like "Woo, I get paid normal and then I moved here and I was like oh, cool, I'm getting paid half of what I was getting paid to do the same job. Sick. So the idea of traveling was like, it felt like a far off dream <laughs> to be able to earn enough money to just like go off. And because my jobs aren't really remote at all either, now that COVID has happened, I can actually teach online, um, which was not really a thing before. So that's really cool. It's like written into our contracts that we can teach online whenever we want, which is great. But it's also one of those things where I wouldn't want to do it for like months on end and we get summer off. So I'm like, I'd rather just like save up <laughs> and go on a trip rather than like spend a whole year traveling. I don't know, maybe if I'm more financially comfortable, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm be traveling for ages. <laughs> but no, I think I was always prepared to stay in Squamish for at least a little while. No, that's and it's interesting too to hear. Um, I've spoken to a couple teachers who live in vans, and they've all had kind of a similar reaction. They're like, "I could teach online; that's totally an option." And there are some people who do that, and they travel in their vans, and it's great. Um, but for them, they've just said, you know, similarly, it's just not really for me. I don't know if I want to do that for an extended period. And I would imagine, especially teaching music, correct? Yep. That would be really challenging. As somebody who's taken music lessons, having a virtual music teacher would be so difficult. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, kind of okay because yeah. it's quite visual. 
but singing is a lot harder, especially like you have to do more prep. So you have to have access to like a piano because you have to record all their warm ups and record all their accompaniments and blah, 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 so that they can sing along with it. And also, you just can't hear them properly through the internet. So, yeah. And also, like Zoom meetings use so much internet, and Canada has the worst internet plans. So it's like, one thing on top of another thing. I'm just like, ah, too hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't blame you. I am not in a position where I'm like teaching anything, thankfully. So right now I am able to work remote, which has been super helpful when building my van to just like be indoors, work, you know, on my lunch break, I run outside and go do like a small thing. I come back in and then it's just there after work. And so I would imagine once I end up going back to work, I'm hoping to have my van done before I have to physically be back in. But my job thankfully could eventually be remote potentially. Um, I'm also on a contract. So yes, very much adults over here on our contracts. Uh, (laughs) But it's interesting too, because it kind of puts this weird timeline on your life, right? Where you're like, okay, up until this point, I'm doing this thing. And then after that, it's a new phase. And I'm curious if you think you'll try to seek out another permanent stationary position after this or during summer, will you try to travel and make that if, you know, the world is reopened again, make that a travel portion of your life? Or do you have any plans coming up, I guess, after you head out east? So the long-term plan is to open our own climbing gym um, just because we've both worked in multiple climbing gyms, drove across Canada and me in Australia and in Canada. So we both feel like we have enough experience to know how to build it from scratch and how to treat your employees and blah, blah, blah. Because we've kind of seen every single aspect of climbing gyms within different companies. So that's kind of our long-term plan, which is also why Dro moved out east because, again, you can't grow in Squamish at all, especially not in the climbing industry because you have to be at the top, top of your game if you're going to, like, get anything. Like, the head setter who just got hired at our new gym is, like, a World Cup setter who is from France, has set all over the world, and it's like, cool, how do you compete with that? So to like get the experience of like being a headsetter and ordering holds and like this gym is completely new. It's opening in April, which kind of sucks for the owners because COVID, but he kind of gets to build a gym from the ground up, which means like asking investors and whatever for money, we can be like, look, we did a thing. We know how to do it. Yay. <laughs> so I don't know. I think at the moment it would be nice to like take a couple months off and travel, but I think we're almost like, let's like build our gym and make it a thing. And then when we can leave it with employees that we trust, then we can go travel and be fine. (laughs) That's a very logical adult plan. (laughs) I mean, I turned 27 last week, so I'm feeling really old. You're not. It's okay. It's all right. No, not at all. You're still in your 20s and even people in their 30s and 40s, I've seen more youth than like honestly in their 20s. So yeah, it sounds like you're just setting yourself up for success in the future and hopefully to go pursue your dream both in the climbing world and then also to get to travel and to get to experience new things. A little bit more security, which I know is something that a lot of people struggle with when they move into a van. Maybe they have kind of an unstable source of income or they're just living off of savings, not really sure how they can last. So I think that, yeah, if you can set up a source of income for yourself and then travel with peace of mind, that would be such a more comfortable experience and you'd probably enjoy it a lot more too with less stress. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So then after you go to Ontario, do you think you'll still stay in the van or have you thought about that at all? Do you think you'd get like a little apartment or is your plan to stay in the van as long as you can? Well, no. Well, kind of. Um, <laughs> yes, no. Uh, so we're, again, trying to adult. So we're trying to stay for a house, <laughs> which is uh, not easy at all. I feel like our budget got real tight real quickly. <laughs> so we really don't want to pay rent especially because we are still paying off the van because it's a 2016 pro master so it was not cheap 
So we're still paying off the van and we're like, oh, it doesn't really make sense to like be paying off the van and then also pay rent. So we're hoping to stay in the van for as much of the year as possible. And then if it gets too intense, we're hoping that we can stay at Dro's parents' house. That makes sense. And especially out east, I know all of Canada is just colder than the US for the most part. But out east, it gets like frigid cold yeah. and then the wind chill and it's just insane over there. So I would imagine that would be very difficult, even with the best insulation, which I'm sure you did an excellent job on. <laughs> uh, that would yeah, get very intense very quickly. So that's good that you yeah. have kind of a backup plan just in case. Yeah. I feel like we'd also just spend so much money on fuel, like diesel for the heater. At the moment, I mean, BC is very mild compared to the east. So I think the worst it gets is minus 10, and it's still not very long. Um, and with a heater and good insulation, you can kind of, you're okay yeah. still, that negative 10, it, yeah. It's very easy to kind of manage the temperature. And you don't really have to have it on during, like, we never have it on all night. We, like, we'll turn it on while we kind of, we'll get back to the van, turn it on, cook dinner. And then when we're like going to sleep, we'll turn it off. And then in the morning, we'll turn on again to kind of like get out of bed. (laughs) I feel like if we were in Ontario in like minus 20, it would just be like on all the time. And we'd just be spending so much money on diesel. Do you have, do you mind me asking uh, what kind of heater you have? I'm in the market right now for one. And I'm curious your experience with whatever one you have. It sounds like diesel, but is it into your gas tank in a ProMaster? No, because the ProMaster is gas. Gas, so, yeah. Um, we actually, we went with like some cheap one that our friend had bought and he was like, it's great. So, and it's been awesome. It wasn't thousands of dollars. Yay. <laughs> is it a, a Chinese diesel heater? Do you I know? think so. Okay. The like little red ones. I've seen those yeah. in a couple of places. Yeah. They're very good. They're very good. You can't really set the temperature, so it will just go and you'll get too hot and then you'll just have to turn it off and then just turn it back on when you get too cold. It kind of has like, it'll like blow a little bit of air or a lot of air. You can kind of control that much. Um, But even on like the lowest setting, if you're not in a place that's too cold, like if it's minus three, minus five, eventually you'll be like, oh, it's real hot in here. <laughs> Let's turn the heat off. But it's very handy. We need. We knew we needed, because diesel is dry heat with the electric diesel, so it was kind of that or a wood stove, and we were not prepared to go with a wood stove for many reasons, but also because we, our van is, like, super discreet, which is how we like it. Like, we don't even have solar panels. Well, they wouldn't be super useful in the place that rains all year. So, But, yeah, so that's kind of why we went with the diesel. And uh, we just keep the, the heater and the tank, we just keep behind the driver's seat. I've seen a couple of people go with the, the Chinese diesel heaters, and I'm just honestly very intrigued. I have a Ford Transit, so also a gas vehicle and wasn't thinking of the diesel heater originally. But man, after shopping for some of these, it's like $1,800 US for the packages. And I'm just like, okay, well, I guess I can't get this for a couple of months. I need to save up. And it's thankfully heading into summer right now. So I'm like, I could manage for the first few months without one. But in winter, I'm a big snowboarder. And so I was like, I'm going to be in high elevations in the snow in freezing temperatures and I need something. Um, It would be like, you know, 15 degrees Fahrenheit. So I think that's probably like negative 10, negative 15 Celsius. Yeah, Um, that's cold. (laughs) Very cold. Yeah. So I was like, I need something eventually, but I just haven't decided. So it's good to hear that you've had a good experience with yours. Yeah, we had a good experience. We have a friend who had a good experience who recommended to us. Yeah. It's just, yeah, we've had no trouble with it at all. It's been really easy. So yeah, it's just like the less fancy option, but so cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're like, I think I've seen a couple for like two or $300, which yeah, is like you could buy nine of those or you could buy one of the fancy ones. So I know. Yeah. (laughs) So you can like climate control, like, come on. Just turn it off yourself. You are the climate control. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the mode that I went with for my fan. I have to get out of bed to turn it on and off. I don't have the fancy remote, but I saved two hundred and fifty dollars. So yeah. you know, it's it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's worth it. Especially, it's like okay, sure, you have to get out of bed, but it's like 
four feet. Two feet. Yeah, yeah, it's so close. <laughs> I actually it comes with a remote, so you can do it from in bed. If Perfect. You put the monitor somewhere else, but my monitor is at the foot of my bed, so I just I'm sold. Up. that's great you mentioned something too a few minutes ago that I'm actually really curious about I had no idea that this was the situation for you guys but you don't have any solar yeah how does that work can you tell us more about that you know setting up your electrical system without any solar because that's how most people get power to their van um so we just hook it up to the alternator and then it obviously cuts off before it takes all the battery power from the van battery but yeah it's been totally fine. When it's fully charged, it lasts like five days using the heater. So yeah, we kind of are, I mean, solar panels are really expensive and we were kind of like, oh, maybe if we like go traveling through America or Mexico or something, it will make sense to have solar. But I don't know, they're expensive. And yeah, where we live at the moment, it rains all the time and even when it's sunny there are rarely days where you get enough like sun for it to charge yeah it doesn't really make sense for us and also it just makes the whole van way more discreet great because Squamish is a little bit controversial with the van lifers so yeah I could imagine it's a very expensive place to live and I feel like it tends to be that way um I'm similarly not right now with my parents but where my job is where I'm eventually going to be in the van it's much more how do I say like nose in the air um not that accepting of people living in cars and vans and whatnot and so it's definitely a concern of mine too and for my situation because I with just the loads that I'm going to have, I needed to put solar on my van. I'm so concerned about that because like you said, it just kind of removes all stealth factor. The fact that you have just a massive power system on the top of your van. So yeah, it's super intriguing. And I'm also going to be putting, um, I think it's like the Sterling battery to battery alternator charger on mine. And that's just going to be for situations where I'm running super low and I need to, but hoping that I don't have to use that too much considering I spent money on solar panels and like you said, they're not cheap. But yeah, I mean, if you ever need like a a backup situation, especially traveling through sunnier areas, like if you're in Mexico or California um, or anywhere in the US, I guess, compared to Canada, honestly, um, I know a lot of people who use the Jackery systems, just like the little portable battery. You have the little fold-out solar. You can still be super stealth. And I've heard really great things. So I'm sure there's workarounds and you Mm -hmm. guys probably saved so much money going that option. I mean, yeah, I feel like once we leave Squamish, it'll be less of an issue. And also, like, we're not running a fridge at the moment or anything. So it's like we're running our water pump, lights, heater, fan, and charging. And that's it. And how much of a battery bank do you have? Are you like 100? One lithium battery. Yeah, so it's like 100 probably. This stuff (laughs) drove in all of the electrical stuff. And I was like, "Mm, like, it's the money. (laughs) (laughs) that's you know if if you can do that that's the best way to be I am currently designing my electrical system I just got my batteries like two weeks ago and it's it's cool to know but it's very overwhelming so yeah if you can have somebody else do that for you that is awesome (laughs) I mean I feel like did you buy the Battleborn batteries I did yeah our battery because we were looking at the Battleborn ones we were like god they're so expensive for like not much power so ours is the same amount of power as like two lead acid batteries or maybe like two of the battleborns i don't know i remember looking at battleborn and being like oh my god like it was it was the biggest purchase that i made aside from my van so yes i can tell you similarly i hit the yes like checkout button and i was just like I really hope this is worth it because that was so much money. I know. I feel like I don't know what brand we got. I think it was like Renergy maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that was like $2,000 for one battery, but it oh, has a okay. lot of power. Yeah. So we just have one. Thankfully, <laughs> my um my batteries, I think they they were on sale when I purchased them. So they were like 800 US dollars each battery, mm-hmm. but well, I got thing. If I was earning US dollars, it might be less of a, ah. No, I know the conversion rate is not favorable to Canada right now. So I. It's never favorable. It's so bad. 
<laughs> yeah, it was the best though. When So I actually, I mentioned that I moved up there for a little while. I was just up there for a couple of months, but I was planning on going to UBC, University of British Columbia. So I was in Vancouver and it was amazing because everything was like 74 cents to the dollar. So I was like, all of this is on a discount. Like, this is great. Everything is so cheap, but in the reverse, not so much. <laughs> no, not so much. Which is also why it's like all these people like, oh, yeah, look, I've got my Dometic fridge and la, la, la. And I was like, cool. To buy that is like $2,000 and they're not in stock in Canada. So to buy it in America and have it shipped is like $3,000. And I'm like, oh, oh my yeah. God, you're tiny. Like you're a tiny little fridge. How are you so much mm-hmm. money? Yeah. And you would think by now, I mean, I'm not as familiar with the van life movement and community up in Canada, but you would think that they would have their own companies or their own van build companies that you could get things from way easier and cheaper without all the customs fees and whatnot. But I've heard something similar from other folks that I've spoken with up in Canada, where they're like, it's just impossible to get any of the American goods up here for a reasonable price. Yeah. I feel like you go on the website and they're like, here are all of our stockists or whatever, but it's like, you can't shop online, so you have to like call them. And then it's also they're just never in stock. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Man, just more hurdles again, making this process that's already complicated enough, so hard for you. So <laughs> I commend I commend your bravery and your dedication. Good job. <laughs> just one more question that I had, and then uh, we can just, I guess, chat a bit. Um, but I'm curious if you could go back a year and a half ago when you first were like, okay, I'm moving into a van with my partner or I'm just moving into a van in general, what would you tell yourself or what advice would you give yourself that you know now having lived in the van and gone through part of the building process? Uh, I guess patience is a virtue. <laughs> really needed. <laughs> but I think I wasn't super surprised by anything. Like there was no moments where I was like, oh, this is not Cool. There are definitely little things that have made life easier, but they're all just like little things. I don't know. I yeah. I'd probably just be like, if you get this and this, then you'll have a better time. But <laughs> I feel like I also I don't know. We really slummed it for the first six months that I was living in it. Like it was bad. We didn't have the heater. I moved in in like October. So we didn't get the heat until January. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, and then we were, like, living in a cardboard box because it was, like, plywood on the walls. And it was, yeah, it was bad. Like, when I think back to it, I'm like, how did I do that? <laughs> like, moving into the van that I'm now in, I'm like, oh, this is, like, a studio apartment. It's, like, so cozy and amazing. Like, last year I was like, oh, I'm homeless. I feel homeless. (laughs) But I think I was so psyched just to be in Squamish that Mm -hmm. I was fine. (laughs) Yeah, so it sounds like maybe the beauty of the place can kind of offset any discomfort, which from my experience at least, and I've just traveled a bit around in a car, I just purchased my van back in January, so still very much in the building process. But I think in general, just traveling around and or even just being in a beautiful place, it's like, the place makes it yeah. and the people that you're with make it. And so it's not always necessarily about having like a finished or a fancy van or a built out car or anything like that. But it's really just about the experiences that you're having mm-hmm. as opposed to like focusing on all these things that we often see when we go online, like the beautiful yeah. build and the nice shower and the heater and all of these great things. Yeah. That's just not always the reality. So it sounds like you figured that out pretty quickly. Yeah, I think it was also helpful. I feel like I got to kind of wade into it like – I'd come up to Squamish and stay with Dro in the van when it was like spaceship mattress on the floor. <laughs> so like, I feel like I kind of got used to, I knew what I was getting myself into before diving in head first. So I think that definitely helps. And I think also just like, just knowing what the realities are. Like if you're parked in a Walmart parking lot and you have to go to the bathroom, work out how you're going to do that beforehand because it sucks otherwise (laughs) just like having a realistic expectation of what it's going to be and not just looking at the beautiful vans on Instagram being like oh my god I'm going to be in this beautiful van living in Mexico and it's everything's going to be great and it's like 
not like that for the majority of people. Totally. Yeah. No, I've seen a lot of posts going around lately, which is refreshing to see in a lot of ways. And also at the same time, I'm like, well, I guess if somebody thought they wanted to live in a van and they see this, they might change their mind. Bummer, but probably for the best. Um, Just about like going to the bathroom in bags sometimes and like doing these very not glamorous things um, that are just the reality of being in a car or a van or like some type of mobile living situation that I don't think is shown very often. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's great to hear you say that, you know, there's some planning that goes into it, but ultimately the people and the places that you're in, they do offset it if van life is right for you, which it sounds yeah. like fits your lifestyle really well. Yeah. I mean, I haven't pooped in a bag yet, so. You know, you're honestly, you are you are winning. This is such an overshare, but being in a car, I've had to do that before. So that was like, okay, well, this is unfortunate. And I got a toilet for my van because of that situation. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that again. So emergency yeah. situations, I have a toilet. And Hopefully we'll be all good. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, about six months into living in the van, I think I bought a Shiwi and that was like my best purchase ever. I was like, yep, yes. So I feel like when you need to go in the middle of the night, it's usually just a wee. So hopefully, hopefully, unless you're very unfortunate, that would yes. be <laughs> very, very unfortunate. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Well, on that note, uh, before we head off tonight, I just wanted to invite all the listeners to go and check out your pages. I know I follow you personally on Instagram and TikTok, but uh, do you mind sharing your handles and any other place people can follow you and your journey to van life or on van life? Yeah, sure. I mean, my Instagram is just my name. So Georgia Broderick. And then my TikTok is also just my name, but with my middle initial. So Georgia C. Broderick. (laughs) Tried to keep Simple. Yeah, that's that's the best, honestly. And I'll have everything linked down in the show notes so people will be able to find you super easily. But yeah, if you're into climbing the outdoors or just want to see like the realities of van life, I feel like you do <laughs> such a great job of highlighting that. Um, as well as some really great tips. I know my hair is back in braids right now, but as a curly haired person, I really appreciate your uh, van life curly hair tips because I'm very concerned about my hair in the van, honestly. So yeah, any tips like that, go check her pages out. And I just want to say before we end here. Thank you so much, Georgia, for talking with me today and for sharing your little slice of van life. I feel like it's just so unique to hear somebody living stationary and um, just doing things differently than a lot of us might see kind of out on the internet or in the internet sphere. So I appreciate you being so open and honest today and for telling us more about your journey.